number one best-selling author of Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And in case you don't already have one, I would love to gift you my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. And you can get that at SensitiveSoulGuide.com. The other way to get that is just go to my website, KarenCan.com, and scroll all the way to the bottom for your free gift. Today we're going to be talking about intuition. And you know what? We are going to get kind of down and dirty and like, what is happening in the world? Are people really connecting to their intuition or maybe they're not? And what happens when you don't? Uh, what we're going to be talking or who we're going to talk, uh, be talking with is actually Desiree Holmes Sharini. She's a hypnotherapist, life coach, uh, intuition specialist, energy specialist. Um, and she also has a, a best-selling book, and we're going to talk about her book as well. Um, she's got several specialty certifications as well as a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. And as an artist and art instructor, she often combines art with her intuitive training. Um, drawn to our connection to energies around us, she's focused on intuition and embraces her psychic and mediumship powers, attaining certifications as a psychic medium, tarot reader, and she is recognized as a top hypnotherapist in Washington, D.C. And um, the book we're talking about is Journey to Joy, The Written Path. She also has YouTube and podcast as well. And her website, if you'd like to visit her website, is intuitivejourneywithdesiree.com. And we'll talk uh, we'll spell that out and talk about what's on there uh, a little bit later because there is a free gift for listeners today. So one of the things we're going to talk about is like, hey, what happens to our intuition when we give our powers away? You know, to all the outside voices, whether it be mainstream media, school, family, church, um, and maybe that's relevant to today's day and age. And, um, you know, why does it feel like we're on the wrong path somehow uh, of humanity and uh, are people, you know, thinking their way through life? Are they in fear or are they feeling? Um, are we too scared to trust our gut? There's all these different questions and Desiree is the perfect person to help answer that. So without further ado, welcome Desiree. Hi Karen, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So we were having a chat before we, you know, talked about <laughs> you know, what we're going to talk about yeah. today in the show. And uh, what's very interesting is that you and I, you know, are on the same page on a lot of issues yeah. <laughs> going on in the world right now, which I, yes, you know, are. even though people have said, oh, you're political, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't feel it's political. I really feel it has to do with sovereignty, it has to do with freedom, it has to do with who we are as beings, human beings. Mm -hmm. So just curious, like, you know, you have so many different certifications, so many different skill sets. Um, how did you get to where you are right now in helping people in this space? And how, the two-part question, and then how can yeah. developing our intuition help us navigate our current reality? Oh, well, how did I get here? Um, well, my background was in helping people, you know, degree in psychology, and I, I did some um, facilitating groups uh, early on right out of college for self-awareness and um, personal responsibility, addiction prevention, and, um, you know, go forward many years with uh, raising a family and such. I got certified in hypnotherapy in 2012, and... Um, you know, speaking of intuition, I'll do a little short short story about that, is um, as an artist also, every year I would go to a portrait painting and sculpture um, workshop every winter. 
But I'd come to the point where I was teaching art, and when that window of time to go to that regular workshop came up, I couldn't because I was teaching. But I had this chunk of money that I'd set aside for it, and uh, I belonged to the uh, ARE, which is the um, Edgar Cayce um, Research and Enlightenment um, uh, if anyone knows who Edgar Cayce is. But a card came from them saying that there was going to be a certification for hypnotherapists being held. And um, it happened to be during the week that I was free. And I said, huh, well, I got money, and that would be interesting. I could like, kind of move back into the helping field uh, and, and do that part-time. And, you know, just seemed interesting. I'd never been hypnotized. I'd <laughs> never really thought about hypnosis. I was very, you know, pretty much you know, although I always had my woo-woo side, I was pretty much clinical <laughs> as far as my education. Right. And um, what I didn't know was, um, so I went ahead and I signed up. I said, well, I'll go do this. And uh, there were several things I didn't know. And this is like following your gut. This is following those coincidences, the synchronicities. This is what, why I'm going into this. And um, just saying, huh, well, it feels right. Why not, right? <laughs> and um, so... The things were put into place. So it turned out that it was not just, um, say, clinical hypnotherapy. It was also a transpersonal hypnosis um, training, which made sense why it was attached to the Edgar Casey Center. He was a uh, well-known psychic um, reader that he'd go in these trances. So if anybody's never heard of him, go look up Edgar Casey. Fascinating uh, story. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Good. he um, – yeah. So I went, and um, the first day I was there, the uh, teacher, you know, the instructor, the head of the association, he says, you know, you're all here to learn hypnosis, right? Everybody's like, yes. And he says, but you're here for another reason, and you just don't know it yet. And I'm like, what's he talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, and I'm like, what? What's he talking about? And um, so – as it turned out that uh, after that training, it just like lit a fire in me uh, to learn more about hypnosis. And that's why I have so many certifications and, and to do more. Uh, then I came upon a very, you know, around that time. And soon after I was going through a difficult time in my marriage, it ended up in divorce, but it was so, I was so lost myself emotionally and, when you talk about listening to other people's voices, I was so stuck in not listening to my own in all those circumstances that that situation coming out of that, doing what I needed to do and learning what I needed to learn, that's what got me here. That's what got me like to this spot. So it was a combination of things, but it was my own personal experience combined with uh, being led to uh, hypnotherapy and life coaching. Mm, that's fascinating. So, yeah. <laughs> long, so long answer I, to a short question. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, and so I feel like the, the things that you are doing right now and helping people is really highly relevant to what's going on in the world. So maybe Thank you can you. speak a little bit about, like, you know, what happens when we can't, you know, connect to our intuition um, and how that is mm-hmm. playing out right now in the world from your perspective, of course. Well, well, what I found, like my personal um, experience, what happened was it took me a really long time to um, to be who I am, to set myself free, to um, uh, listen to my own voice, 
and and you know that's where the book came from because uh, the book is a combination of journal and self help. So um, it's my journal writings that uh, gave me like it was like talking to myself and gave me my aha because it was it was kind of strange in that just thinking about it and thinking about it and listening to other people's advice just left me you know more confused about what I should do and and what was valuable or what wasn't. Um, but when I wrote, you know, just intuitively writing, just started writing, I'd come to these conclusions and I'd get these aha moments. And um, and so for me, it, it's personally, that's what happened for me. And I think worldwide, I think that's what's happening. Everybody is coming from their own individual place of fear. I was coming from a place of fear and afraid to trust my gut. And and I was listening to too many other people and trusting them for mm-hmm. the truth when it wasn't my truth. So, like, say on a global picture, if you want to get into it, sure. <laughs> on a global picture, <laughs> on, that people are scared to death. So many people wow. are scared to death, and they are listening and behaving and doing things that come from no place from a place of their heart or their gut or their true um, sense of self. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they're not, they're not I, I needed to step back and see my big picture, and I was able to do that through intuitive writing. It was like draw out, pull back, pull back, and, like, and then recognize, oh, here's one, recognize people's motivation when they're telling you something. Like, um, and so from a personal side, my, you know, I, I was feeling. I told my mom, "Mom, I'm, I'm not happy. Um, I'm miserable. I think I want to get a divorce." And she said, "Oh no, no, no! You just need to be more patient. Oh, you know, don't get a divorce. You'll kill your mother." Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, mom, for your support. Right? Oh yeah, but I know. I was, know that one yeah. personally, Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you, mama. <laughs> it's like, um, so, but, and and so I was you know, looking for an outside answer to say, yes, do this, do this, or do that, do that, right? And um, I wasn't getting it. And my sister was like, oh, you're not going to find anybody better. And I'm like, what? You know, that wasn't really my intention. So I, I was stuck listening to these trusted voices. Can we say trusted voices? <laughs> and, uh, and um but that I had been trusted voices, I thought were trusted voices, but then when I was able to pull back and pull out and look at the bigger picture and recognize they had a whole different motivation. Mm-hmm. Their motivation was based on what they felt, you know, from their needs, from their their desires, from their wants for what they wanted to see happen, right? Yes. So to shift that over you know, to say uh, it, their motivation, they loved me or cared for me or, or, you know, they were, you know, but not enough to put themselves in in the place that was for my best interest. Does that make yep. sense? Oh, yeah. I, this is really yeah. great, the way that you have framed that up uh, of looking for what's their motivation. Uh, because mm-hmm. if I were to, and I have very similar circumstances about, you know, uh, divorcing my yeah. husband, my, my parents actually came from visit, we announced it, and it was like three against one, okay, my ex-husband, yeah, uh-huh. my mom, and my dad yeah. looking at me like, what's your problem, this is crazy, you're never going to, you're just never going to get yeah. better, like this is, you're going to destroy <laughs> your life, right? 
And yeah. I was like, felt like for a moment, I was like, shoot, maybe I'm wrong. You yeah, know? there you go. Like, and yeah, I was making myself. Yeah. yeah, maybe they're right. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I, I won't recover from this and all that kind of stuff. And and the, here's the thing is like like you said, what's their motivation? Their motivation is not to feel bad themselves, <laughs> not to have mm-hmm. to look at the you know, what's really going on. And what I found out the next mm-hmm. day, Desiree, is that my mom and dad had been arguing and they didn't know. And me announcing a divorce was like a jab mm-hmm. in their relationship that was so right. deep and so painful that literally they were not speaking to each other the next day. And then I found out uh, what was going on yeah. and, and the deep healing, the crevice that had been created, an opportunity for deep healing, uh, which, which was good, you know. But I had no idea, mm-hmm. right? And so they're coming from their right. perspective. And they're basically trying to save their own ass. And I say that nicely. I think I got that from I think I got that from friends too, married friends. Mm. Um, that My I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I I mean they weren't like oh don't do it, but they didn't understand it. And then and then they were like, are you sure? Oh, you know, you guys are so wonderful together. And and I think and then they kind of distanced themselves. And I some of them, and Ooh, I realized later that they probably well that they had um, a fear, mm-hmm. like what if this could happen to me. This right. could happen to my marriage, and it was almost like they didn't want to talk about it. Like they That's didn't want right. to. They didn't want to acknowledge it because, gosh, if it could happen to me and what they thought was this wonderful relationship, exactly, exactly. it could happen to them. So it's like I'm just going to look the other way because I don't want to believe this is true. And yep. you know, there's so many things that. <laughs> right. There's so many things that we just don't want to believe that that's true. You know, we just like, uh, and, you know, take the bigger picture. We don't want to believe that what we're being told on a bigger level from our trusted leaders or, or people that they wouldn't be telling us the truth or they didn't want to have our best interest at heart. But, you know, that's why I say consider the motivation. What is the motivation? And, um, you know, if if their motivation were for, um, and I'm saying there's a you know macrocosm microcosm in my family, if the motivation, if they had taken the time to say, okay, I want Desiree to be happy, then they would let go of their own needs, their own you know whatever benefits they get from my behavior, following what they want, right? Um, mm-hmm. On the bigger mm-hmm. picture, if if there's a real motivation for us to be well, happy people in a society, then certain things would not be happening. That's <laughs> exactly. Well, can, is it okay yeah. if I'm specific? Just a little illustrate. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, okay, I'll okay. let you lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's your so, radio show. Thank you. I don't so want, I, don't I of burn course, burn any books or light any fires, you know. <laughs> so as you know, you know, I'm a medical doctor, right? And and then I went through yep. my own, you know. Uh, Dark night of the soul, having gone through lots of illness mm-hmm. and came back to the other side, realizing the conventional medicine didn't have what I needed to heal and therefore, you know, kind of forged into a new area where I discovered, you know, quote unquote, nutrition, <laughs> you know, spirituality, yeah. intuition, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and realizing, wow, there's a lot of things that were not taught in medical school because they weren't experts at that. So I didn't learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now when, you know, all this stuff uh, came about in the last, you know, however many, you know, months and in the last year and a half or so, um, you know, from my point of view, it's like with the real motivation is to help people be healthy and to heal, 
We -hmm. wouldn't be pushing a very expensive injection. Right? Isn't that what doctors are supposed to be doing? They're supposed to be on your side. Supposed to be. The word doctor translates to to teacher, right? So we're supposed to be teaching mm-hmm. our patients how to be healthier. And in, you know, what I learned in medical school, which was like two days of, you know, uh, nutrition from my biochemistry teacher who I didn't like very much because he was overly religious, so I just didn't listen to anything he had to say, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and so we weren't taught this stuff. So we're like, here, take a pill, take a shot, you know, but that doesn't make people well. Like that takes people right. dependent on a system to keep getting more pills, more injections, things like that, because they have one symptom and then you have to cover that symptom with another medication. And when this became a realization to what I was actually doing, I was like, OMG, what I've been doing, you know, for the last X number of years in this in this career, mm-hmm. in this profession, this is not okay anymore. Once I realized it, so I thought, how do people become healthy? Because I was suffering my own illness. So I figured yeah. it out for myself and I'm like, why are we not teaching this? Why are we not teaching proper nutrition? Why are we not teaching about sleep hygiene? Why are we not, you know, teaching about EMF sensitivities and, and, and how harmful that is? You know, why are we not measuring everybody's, you know, vitamin D levels, um, you know, sharing all right. the foods to eat, what supplements to eat if necessary, why the soils are so depleted, right, of minerals for hundreds of years already. And nobody right. talks about that, right? So we have, you know, uh, really inexpensive and effective therapies for the C, okay? And yet yep. we are yep. promoting a V, which has lethal side yes. effects, not everybody, but lethal and serious side effects, when we can cure, quote-unquote, cure this very, very easily. Yeah, and you're not even allowed to talk about it without mm-hmm. someone saying, you know, oh, you're dangerous, you know, and, and – Obviously, you know, we can clearly see uh, that the mainstream media that maybe many of your listeners already know is owned by like the same, like three to five companies or something of the sort. And they're all fed the same information and and they are your, you know, the trusted voices and uh, we're told to listen and, you know, government leaders, it's just like repeating the pattern. And, And if someone, the mainstream media, like the way they twist the wording of something, you know, like the ivermectin. You know, oh, well, horse medicine, and I, there was one doctor. They've uh, got great anti-marketing U- marketers. Yeah. Yeah, out of the U.K., he says, now, I don't know why they keep referring to it as horse pills. It's been used with humans for over 40 years, <laughs> you know. It's exactly. Like saying, um, you know, we use, we use the same antibiotics in, in animals as humans, right. but are they calling them, you know, horse yeah. antibiotics horse, when we get uh, erythromycin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there it's, are it's horse incredible. pills. I call those ones that are too big to swallow, right? And um, yes, and yeah. it's it's very sad. There's a lot of and, oh, you know what? Speaking of hypnosis, there are some good videos out there mm-hmm. um, explaining the mass hypnosis. Wow, wow. Um, and maybe that that's something I can like you know bring up here with your listeners is mm-hmm. uh, is mass hypnosis. And so hypnosis, uh, the the way it works is you know you get to um, get into the subconscious mind and uh, with traditional hypnosis, the, the client or the subject is a participant and a volunteer and they want it done, right? Okay. <laughs> um, however, speaking of mass marketing, um, neuro-linguistic programming is um, also a form of, that's used in marketing and, and advertising a lot, and it's also used in hypnosis. It's using words, it's using repetition, it's using um, imagery, 
And uh, so, for example, when you see someone with the Coca-Cola and they look so refreshed and, you know, usually there's somebody in the background in a bikini or something. Somebody's just looking, you know, it has all mm-hmm. these elements that, that tie this image to something you want or something that uh, you identify as feeling good with, right? That's just basic advertising. Um, and then you see the commercial and you see it again, and then they even have like on TV shows and whatever, placement, product placement you've heard of, where you'll see somebody taking the, the sip of the soap on the, you know, the Coca-Cola. So repetition, like the mainstream media, mm-hmm. repeating the same terms. How many right, even I, I repeating the, the Yeah, repeating something that is mm-hmm. false and clearly not true based yeah. on the quote-unquote mm-hmm. science. Uh, or repeating the case numbers, yeah. Over. Oh my case gosh! Number, yes. Case number. Yeah, don't get or, me started. Or co- the word, the word, the word. You know, the the c word, the c word, the c word. Right, mm-hmm. uh, over and over again, and and it's just continually in the brain, and the warnings, and the the fear, and what people don't realize that that's not information. That mm. is mass hypnosis. That right. is pouring something in your brain without your permission. Your permission is turning it on and listening to it and and then allowing it to get absorbed. So hypnosis is when a a message is repeated so often and also on top of weakening your own mental, like I shouldn't say weakening, but uh, dissolving resistance to the message is is like kind of a hypnagogic state of just kind of going about every day the same thing and it sinks in and then it becomes a false belief. It's, okay. It's, and that's what's been going on for two years now is wow. uh, through the media, through the newspapers, magazines, it's, it becomes like, well, this is true. This is true because, and they have asked someone, why is it true? Because I read it um, in this magazine. I heard it several times. Everybody says so. That's why it's true. You know? Mm. <laughs> Everybody wow. says so. Wow, wow, you know? wow. Yeah, it is. In fact, I, I think we may, you know, um, I, I, this whole mass hypnosis thing, you know, no one's ever, until, you know, today our conversation, we haven't had anyone on the podcast actually address that, and you are the perfect person, <laughs> actually, to address mm-hmm. it because you are, you know, a hypnotherapist, you have all these other skill sets, and you can explain that because people are not, they're, they're like saying to me, Dr. Karen, I don't get it. Why, why is my loved one, my friend, my family member, why do they believe this? Like, I don't get yeah. it. Why, why aren't they thinking for themselves? You know, why, why can't they exactly. see that such and such is propaganda, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly you what know, you just answered. <laughs> yeah, and I was, um, there was a, a great, uh, I forgot who it was or I'd say to go watch it, but there was a, a great video with somebody who um, he, he specializes in how this works, right? Um, mm-hmm. about the brain and um, why. And he says about a third of the population um, will be very susceptible to this you know, mass hypnosis approach of the, the media, the repetition, the be- if you're told it enough. You know what they say, if you say a lie enough times, it becomes the truth, right? Something like that, <laughs> that they, right, they will exactly. just absorb it. And, and follow it. Then, uh, and he was talking about like behavior. So like say mask wearing or, or the mandates or going along. So he says about a third will honestly believe because of their, they've been brainwashed that this is the right path. This is the absolute truth. And um, their fears are um, founded on something. Then about a third 
will go along to get along. Okay, they're, they'll be like, oh, you know, okay, I don't really buy this, but they don't have a strong enough um, objection to just say no or to say, what the heck, right? <laughs> what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So about a third will go along to get along, you know, the mask. They might go ahead and get an injection um, just because they're not really um, thinking about it. They're not going to investigate it. It's just, okay, this is just the way things are. Just do it. Right, and I, I know a lot of people like that. It's like makes me crazy. It's like just do it. I'm like, well, have you read about it? Have you thought about it? Have you considered the long-term, you know, effects? Yeah. Right? And they're like, yeah, well, I had to for my job. Even people that beforehand would say, no way am I doing this. This is not uh-huh. okay. And next thing they know, oh, by the way, I just want you to know, I went ahead and did it. And I'm like, <laughs> I know my mom wow. did that. Not for her yeah, job. Yeah, like everybody. Like the, I, there's only there's the, a few yeah. her friends. Because her friends basically gave them all to me, and you can't see it. Yeah, I had one whose whose mother was crying. She goes, "Oh, my mother was so upset. I was, she was crying and begging and so afraid. So I did for her." I'm like, "Well, yeah." Anyway, so um, but then there's a third of the population that is really strong on critical thinking and 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 doing that zoom out thing and looking at, you know, looking at it for themselves and saying wait a minute, let me examine this and make my own choice on what I think is true, not true, right, or wrong, and getting back to the intuition, right? Mm-hmm, Doing mm-hmm. critical thinking, their own research, and trusting themselves, trusting themselves more than they trust what comes out of the boob tube, <laughs> what comes out of <laughs> politicians' voices, what comes out of their friends' voices, and saying, I have a brain and I have an instinct and let me just like go back and spend some time with myself and make an educated and also intuitive decision, you know? Mm. So that's one third of the population. So basically it's one third, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say against, there's one third that uh, it maybe isn't reachable. That, right. I mean, what this guy was saying is like no matter what you say, you can put, uh, you know, the the numbers in front of them. Like, remember that study out of Israel uh, mm-hmm. about um, breakthrough cases mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In, in an 80% vaccinated um, country? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you could put that in front of them and they would say, well, no, it's still better to, you know, because you won't get as bad. You won't get as sick. Right. <laughs> or no, I'm st- or, well, they, they just need a booster. They, they need a booster, and then that won't yep. ha- You know what I'm saying? Yep. It doesn't and, matter. And that's you know? how they're re- rewriting that mm-hmm. in the mainstream is that's what the, yeah. the obvious more the thing that solution is. <laughs> yeah. How about oh. what you were talking about, natural, like preventative, uh, other all options. Anyway, then a third of the people will just like sway either way depending on who has the stronger voice. Right. And, um, and then a third will, you know, be more, uh, you know, personally responsible for themselves. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, I'm sure you have, uh, that post on Facebook where people are like, um, you know, I don't know what's in the, the Maxine, but I don't know what's in my cream either, and I don't know the ingredients oh, yeah. in my last, right. oh my gosh. I, I, uh-huh. it's I've like, had people say that to me. <laughs> and I'm, um, like, and I'm uh, like, that doesn't make you look any better, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what's in this or that, and I, you know, so I, but oh, I have, um, you know, military um, member 
friends who are like out of the military now and they go, oh, I, I had to take all sorts of stuff. So I didn't know what was in that either. And it's like, you know what, that's okay. That's their choice. But don't try to tell everybody else that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, that's the know, implication, I, right, that you should be okay yeah. with it because I'm okay yeah. with it. So why are you complaining so much? Like stop being yeah. so hard and, you know, just relax and like, mm-hmm. Yeah, just after, um, I had it last December. I had it December, or no, February. No, it was December. December of 2020, right? Yeah, where you're, where you're at. I've lost track, you know. <laughs> I had it two weeks ago in December of 2020. <laughs> you know, that two weeks to flatten the curve. Um, anyway, but Funny. I had it, and <laughs> it's a blur. I had it, and um, I was in a um, position a teaching position, and uh, where it was in a senior facility, and so I was offered the V because I was in this particular early on because I was in this position, and I said, well, I just had it, you know, why, why would I, I don't need this anyway, um, and and I said, right, you know, and right. I, frankly, about about maybe seven years now, I've decided um, I was I thought about it, I you know I used to be like, oh, got to get this vaccine, that vaccine. My doctor would say, get this, get that, get this, that. You know, and I'd say, okay, and I'd do it. And then I you know, somehow came across some sort of an article here or there about like uh, the efficacy, like whatever that word is, that effectiveness <laughs> of um, the flu vaccine, for example. And I said, I had no idea that it's only like anywhere between 30 to 60%, usually around 35, 40% effective in preventing the flu every year. And um, uh-huh. and I found that on the CDC website. So I'm not making that off uh, off someplace else. And I said I had no idea. I said why am I taking something that you know is less likely to to help me than to help me? And you know when I'm generally healthy and and whatever. So I stopped doing that, right? So I mentioned to this woman who was saying, oh here you need to go get this. We are offering it um, for the. C, Z. Right. <laughs> and right. I said, you know, I'm just going to choose to wait. Uh, uh, you know, I was trying to be diplomatic. Right. Uh, I said, I just had it, and um, I don't see a need, and, and I'd, you know, rather wait. And I, and I said, I, you know, I really prefer not to take something I don't need. Um, and I said, I haven't even gotten the, you know, flu shot for years. And I said, and I haven't had the flu for years. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think I'm doing okay. And she says, "Well, I I get the flu shot every year, and I haven't had the flu either." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "What? What? Where is her rational? Like, well, how is that making sense? I don't get." It. <laughs> so well, she yeah, I know. She I, has gotten it. Yeah, yeah. That, that it. You know, I'm like that. Yeah. So we're, well, we're both, somebody somebody it, else said, "Well, you great." Somebody yeah. else said, uh, "Well." You know, uh, I I haven't gotten sick wearing a mask. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same okay. logic in a way. It's like, well, good for you, but you know, there all these studies out of Germany and all these places showing harm to children and their mental state and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, awful like, little kids, especially yeah. to to medicate children with the um. With the shot, I, it really, um, if I start to think about it, it, uh, it gets my ire up, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not good. And they do say, from at least what I've heard, you know better as a doctor, that, you know, especially 
how many people listening out there really wear a fresh mask every time you put it on? Exactly. Right? Who doesn't have that maximum twenty minutes? Right, your pocket, or mm-hmm. you, you know, it falls on the ground. You pick it up and you put it on. Who's really, honestly wearing it according to the guidelines? Yep. Right? Yeah. Well, some people and, are. <laughs> some people definitely are. Well, they, but I'm like, they you must know, be carrying a box around. With oh them. yeah. Plus oh yeah. Fiber, the fibers in there drive me crazy. But they say that keeping the mask on, especially a dirty mask, and um, is more likely to give you some sort of bacterial lung problem. Yep. Well, even right. after laundering, that's the thing, you know, these parents mm-hmm. went and, and got yeah. the, hired a lab and they brought mm-hmm. all these masks that were freshly laundered and they found all sorts mm. of infectious, like pretty serious infectious bacteria in there and that was mm-hmm. after laundering. Uh, and then, you know, the, yeah. the ones that are, you know, uh, that you can get at the, I just went to the store a, a week or so ago and I saw them hanging, right? And I'm like, where are they made? <laughs> and I'm just looking. They're not, they're not sterile. China. They're not surgical masks. It doesn't, it didn't even say where they were made. But, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. That one, the one I picked up, yeah, that was made in China. Um, but, okay. you know, people, yeah. have, you know, taken videos of people in India and other places putting masks together and it's on a dirty yeah. floor and, you know, the yeah. first size mm-hmm. probably, and uh, it's... Uh, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah. And then we just dump it in the we, trash, <laughs> the regular trash. Not biohazard, but just the regular oh, yeah. trash. Yeah. So if it really was that infectious, would we be doing that, really? <laughs> no, or would we... Or, you know, I, I, one of the things that gets me about this, and again, is it just about using critical thinking and stop and think and, and you know, like... People let go of fear. Like if, if, you know, maybe the people listening to this already are okay with that. But letting go of fear because if you really stop and critically think about some of these rules that you think are protecting you, they make no sense. So, for example, you go in a restaurant when you sit, like when the masks are mandated. And, you know, first of all, they're on, they're off, they're on, they're off. Like mandate, no mandate, mandate, no. But say yeah. you're allowed to go in the restaurant. As soon as you sit down, you're not contagious. But if you stand up, you are. And I was just laughing about that. You know, when that first started, I was joking with someone I'm with. I'm like, okay, sit down. I took it off. I'm like, stand up. Oh, no, I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous. <laughs> and um, it's so absurd. Uh, I have a, a guy that's in the gym downstairs. He's the trainer. He's the guy who manages the gym. Um, okay. And he's terrified. He's a nice, young, strong guy, oh, right? Boy. But he's terrified, right? He. Um, the mask mandate is off right now where I live in D.C. And I said to him, hey, it's been over a year now that you've had the sauna and the steam room and the ladies' room shut down. Now that the mask mandate's finally coming off, are you going to open those? And he says, uh, and he goes, well, we're keeping the mask mandate on here in the gym. That we, we got, We're going to still keep it. And he says, and I don't know, uh, you know, we'll see when we're going to open those. I said, well, what's your criteria for opening up the steam mm-hmm. room and the sauna? one of the reasons I joined, right? And he said, mm-hmm. well, you know, I can't control how many people are in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with them yet. <laughs> so I said, why don't you just have people sign in, just one person at a time then or something? He goes, well, what if somebody lets somebody else in? And I'm like, so you're afraid that if there's two people in the sauna or in the steam room together, that when they come out, they'll be spreading COVID because they were in the sauna or the steam room together. Well, I can't control it. And I did not, I just stopped. I just stopped because, like I said, he's that first third percent, that yeah. first 30 percent, he's 33 or whatever he is. He, there was no, like, there's no. No convincing. There's no, there's no understanding of, like, and I, and I, I wanted to say, okay, so what if two people swapped a 
big French kiss before walking in the door together, and they're walking around. They're okay. But you can't go in the sauna or the steam room. You know, he, he needs to feel like he needs to control who's next to each other. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, and, like, he can't he, – wow. he thinks he can control – that that's going to make a difference. And but wow. there oh and we have an indoor pool where people take off their masks to have swim lessons and swim, you know. And, but and, and, it's and just he like didn't the care that he didn't he wasn't aware of the original you know what they were saying about how heat kills it supposedly right so uh, oh, but no, the sauna, he, no. the steam room, oh. I mean that would be helpful actually <laughs> to go in if there. he had if he had yeah no he's no I'm sorry it's like wow you know it's it's sad. Okay. So how um, do I, people... I have a family member. Yeah, go ahead. I have to share one more family member the other day. <laughs> Another example of that third percent. So family okay. member, and so she, if, she, if she listens to these things when I post them. But, <laughs> but she, she, we won't say um, names. <laughs> do, yeah, but she'll know who she is. Double vaxxed, then got COVID, okay? Like mm-hmm. a couple well, months later. That's pretty common, unfortunately. Okay. Mm-hmm. So double vaxxed, got COVID, um, with other family members double vaxxed, um, the, who also had COVID, and then double vaxxed after COVID. So, like, you know, the combination there. I had wow. it. I went and got, I got my, um, my blood work done to see, mm-hmm. like, where I fall, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm off the chart with the, um, you know, still with the antibodies. And nice. um, so I'm like, okay. At the table, I'm probably the safest one in my yep. in my view, right? <laughs> and so she said, so the person next to her who had it and then got vaxxed has an IPA beer and says, hey, you want to taste it? And she's been sniffling, got over COVID like a month ago and double vaxxed, but she takes, but she has little sniffle cold symptoms going on at the on that day. And she takes a sip out of it, puts it in her mouth, takes a sip out of it. <laughs> And I said, can I have a taste? And I take my water straw, and I was going to dip it and do the suction and just taste it that right. way, right. right? And I'm not, and I was, I was just going to, you know, not, I wasn't afraid to catch anything. I was just going to, like, not, you know, be super respectful of the glass, right? And she stopped me and says, oh, no, no, you can't because, um, you know, you don't have the vaccine and pours a little glass, a little bit into a glass for me. And I'm like... <laughs> Right, where I didn't, I just didn't even try. I'm like, where is the logic in that, right? Um, right. But right. It's, it's, people are told, and they've adopted this blind, you know, one-way door. Uh, it vax or nothing, vax or nothing, you know. Mm. Yeah. So that sounds it, like so that one third you're saying is uh, is very um, susceptible to that math what we're calling mass hypnosis of whether it's yeah, true or yeah. not or whatever it's just saying over and over and over again and all these other mm-hmm. uh, psychological operations going on so they're yeah. unconvincing. it's like a psyop yeah that's exactly, exactly. It, you know you can't convince them you just have to send them good good loving energy and right. and, Love <laughs> and, and, and yes. not get upset and not get upset right. because it's almost like right. it's almost like they can't help it you know what I mean? It's almost right. like you can just pray that maybe the light will come on and they will get this bigger picture. Um, but that's right. how I have but to. You're not attached, to but like, we're not okay. attached to that happening, right? Because yeah. that, that convincing itself. thing, that's like never going to happen between certain people, right? Right. And we have to be and, okay with that, let go of our attachment to that, let go of our anger mm-hmm. and resentment or whatever else might be there. 
especially when they're really, yeah. really and, close loved ones. Yeah, and, you know, also one of the best ways to do that is to recognize that in their eyes, they see us the same way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That they see, um, they, they see people that aren't agreeing with them and with the narrative and with what's being repeated, that we are the ones who need help. The problem. That we are the yeah. ones who, yeah. yeah. Yep. And nope, so that might make it easier yeah, one of my to just Facebook say, yeah. friends uh, is uh, the husband of a local nutritionist, and I don't know how she feels about it, but uh, he had some sort of, you know, sheet picture, right? So, of course, I looked to see what he was talking about. <laughs> And he uh-huh. basically said that us conspiracy theorists were a bunch of sheep. And, and then one of the comments uh, was basically, well, you know, they're just going to die off and then we'll be better off without them. And I'm like, well, that's and, and you know what that, that, same, <laughs> that, same, that same meme is going around the other way around, too. Right. And, and that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't think that's appropriate. Yeah. That's not appropriate. I mean, it's, it doesn't yeah. help. No. Uh, but no. let's, let's talk about the, um, you know, so, we're, so there's that third and there's that middle third. Um, now, the middle third reminds me of this quote by, um, I think it's in the Holocaust Museum, uh, Martin Niemöller, I can't say his last name properly, you know, where it says, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Mm-hmm. Then they came for the trade unionists yeah. and I didn't speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me mm-hmm. and there was no one left to speak for me. It's a really yeah. profound quote. And I think that middle yeah. third you're talking about could be like That's in right. that space where they're just Category. trying to get through like, every day and not think about it. Right. Just lay low and just lay low. And, you know, you're told they're, they're, and it's understandable because people <laughs> people get attacked. People get oh, uh, yeah. you know and the the loudest voices, the ones who actually yeah, yeah the ones who draw enough attention on a grander scale, stuff might even happen to them, which is really scary. You know, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and if you don't, and you know what, one of the better things about this though is um, even even with like having a uh, a political opinion is like. If people that don't allow an opinion one way or the other, if you don't agree with them and they're like, you're, you know, hateful, horrible, or, I, you know, I, I don't get you or whatever it is, and they decide that they want to have nothing to do with you, this is a wonderful cleansing of, of like your Facebook friends list or, or the people that really don't have positive energy to be open to communicating and to have, even with different opinions, to be sharing information instead of blocking information. Because you're sharing a conversation instead of blocking a conversation and limit themselves to only those people that agree with them. You know, I, I will listen to people and, and, and say, explain me, you know, how, how you, you know, why, why do you believe this? Uh, share that information. I'll read it. Um, but you don't get that from people that are, um, you know, blocked and that one-third. It's my way or the highway and that's the only thing. Right? And I lost your sound. Oh, I still sorry, I had muted that. myself. Oh, there you are. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so there you are. I'm here, I'm oh. in the way. Um, so I was yeah. saying, how, how do people in, uh, of course, if people are still listening and haven't clicked uh, off, uh, then they're probably in that latter <laughs> third of, of people who are seeing the bigger picture and are feeling maybe mm-hmm. a little bit 
you know, scared and anxious about not, like, not knowing what to do, like, with their family, with themselves, you know, or, or maybe mm-hmm. even that middle third where they're like, I want to keep my job, I love my job, but they're requiring the vaccine, now what do I do, right? So what you teach is, yeah. like, how to tune in to your intuition so you can make the best decision for yourself, mm-hmm. and then you've written this yeah. bestseller, Journey to Joy, The Written Path. So maybe you can give us a couple of tidbits, like, kind of, like, actionable I, I would, steps. Yeah that people can do to yeah, kind of start connecting I would at love that deeper level. And I do have to say, you know, I've had um, more clients coming in for hypnosis and life coaching with anxiety um, mm-hmm. and fear, and not necessarily only about, say, you know, the current events, but it's mm-hmm. trickling into so many other things, personal relationships or their job. And so one of my... One of my best go-tos, um, of course, actually when I'm working with somebody, I always like to ask if they have, uh, you know, a spiritual belief, you know, if it's God, um, if it's angels, if it's higher self, if it's source, um, and if they don't have some sense of a connection to something bigger that it, they are part of, right, then I try to have you know, have them think about that. Like if if you had a part of you that knew all the answers, that that you know had a you know feelings that, that had the answer for you, who would that be? So even if somebody doesn't you know quote unquote believe, um, so my biggest thing is to have them find a connection with that and mm. find trust trust in that because we can't control everything. We obviously. We can, and so my advice is always do what you can do. You know, like examine it and say, what can I do about this situation? What are the things that I can do? And once you've done what you can do, then you just let it go. Just give it up mm-hmm. and start to do some self-care and just go about you and just find some mindfulness, enjoy your coffee, enjoy your friends, enjoy the sunshine. Because you know what? Even though all this crap is going on, there are some things that haven't changed. And if you, it's where you focus. It's where you put your focus. Mm-hmm. So to manage, your, to manage your feelings and emotions when like, life is weird and things are wrong <laughs> is you know, just to take a walk, look at the color of the leaves, there's, you know, the taste, taste your favorite beverage, you know, or taste your food, you know, take your shower, feel the water. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. practice lots of mindfulness and appreciate all the good things that haven't changed. You know, it's, it's let it go. And my favorite mantra uh, is that everything is exactly as it should be at this moment. Beautiful. And just letting that trust go that, that God, the universe, source, your higher self, that things will come around and ultimately work themselves out, that there's always some sort of a balance, especially on a, if you say, the long-term cycle thing. I strongly believe there are cycles and uh, that uh, there are cycles, right? You know, yes. if you yes. think about it, we... You know, waking, sleeping, the earth turning, the sun, the moon, da 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 da. But even even our um, solar system, our galaxy around the you know, so our everything has these cycles, and so do life events, human events, social finance. So there are these cycles, and especially last summer, 
with riots and stuff. I'm like, what the heck, you know? And I'm like, what is going on? But there are cycles of uh, negativity and positivity, of, of peace and of friction. And some, when it gets down in the deep of it, I believe we're in one of those densest cycles of both humanity in its most dense form, mm. as well as a conflict, a conflict cycle. And anybody that's into astrology, we're, we're shifting out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. And I have a friend who's a very intelligent uh, astrologer, and we are in one of those, I call it like shaking the snow globe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so some, it's like we're in one of those shake the snow globe cycles. We're at, in between, and, you know, it will just, you know, as time goes forward, all the little flakes will settle down in a whole new way. And it'll be, it'll calm down. So that's one of the things I use for myself um, and I try to share with people is that being upset, being angry, being worried, none of those things inside your body are of benefit to you or anyone else, right? Does that block intuition? So, those emotions? Oh, well, yeah. You know, if you're, you're busy worrying about external stuff, if you're busy worrying about what other people are doing, if you're worried, you know, it's worry, the actual worry, that emotion mm-hmm. in your body is really, really low energy and not good. Fear is really low energy and can make you sick. You probably know that, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. to, to lift all that up, the higher you raise your frequency toward even neutral or just, you know, satisfied, the more you can bring it up from the negative emotions the closer you come to your intuition, which lays up there at a higher frequency. So say when you're, you know, just falling asleep and you feel all that weight of whatever's going on in your life just kind of drift away, that's when you're the most open. That's Mm -hmm. when people get these aha moments or they feel a little free. So taking time, taking time, even if it's just like for like 30 seconds, do some deep breathing and just picture yourself getting lighter and lighter and leaving behind all the worries of the world <laughs> you know um it, it, you, people need to practice that self-healing and the inner knowing i have a little uh, if you have time one little paragraph out of my book that i was writing that i wrote oh, yeah and yeah it, absolutely yeah and it's about honoring yourself and about how you put yourself um taking responsibility for how you feel instead of blaming it on everybody, saying, okay, it's like that. What am I going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the ultimate betrayal, making yourself a victim of your own mind, letting your mind and your past dictate who you are and who you want, who you can or cannot, uh, what you can or cannot do. Limiting yourself with your own thoughts and beliefs, keeping yourself from being who you want to be and doing what your soul calls you to do. Telling yourself, I can't. I'm not that kind of person. I was never able to. And keeping yourself in a place of victimhood at your own hand. In the same way, you can choose with your own thoughts to be who you want to be, to live as you want to live, by freeing yourself of your past and putting yourself right now in a new beginning. So that was kind of mm. relevant to what I'm talking about. Yes. Is, is take control. Take back your power. And allow yourself to be in touch with what feels right for you. What really feels like the truth, not what someone else is telling you. 
And it looks like from your uh, book, which is available on Amazon, uh, Journey to Joy, The Written Path, The Intuitive Insight Process, uh-huh. Illuminating the Way with Words, um, that uh, you know, people can have, you, know, you, you tell a little story, and then they can actually mm-hmm. do an exercise that gets, yeah, get, I, you know, they can, you know, but, you know like figure. that little paragraph I read, mm-hmm. it's filled with stuff like that because this was me journaling for myself and then mm-hmm. I put it into chapters um, that kind of are along a journey, like uh, setting out on the journey, chapter one, and what's mm-hmm. blocking the road, chapter two, uh, just keep swimming, crawling, and climbing, chapter three. <laughs> and at That's the end one. of, and it's a, it's a short book, it's about 70, 75 pages, and at okay. the end of every chapter, I have prompt questions for your personal journey. Nice. So, uh, for example, example um, chapter one question, what have you yearned to change but not carried it through? You know, um, when do you feel in control? When do you feel out of control? And I, one of my favorites along in, I think, chapter two or three was, if your heart could talk, what would it say? Beautiful. You know? I love that. Well, I yeah. want to read a couple of these reviews. Um, Thomas oh, thank you. M. says, I was surprised how quickly this book grabbed my attention and then wouldn't let go. <laughs> really well written, thought-provoking, and sure to inspire. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. And this other one is from Ajamu. Uh, um, she wrote, flows into your heart. This book brought me joy. It is honest, insightful, and the ideas flow right off the page into your heart. I highly recommend it. She is actually a hypnosis trainer. Um, and, a, mm-hmm. and maybe you could share again your website and then uh, uh, you know how they can connect with you. I think you have a free gift, something like that. So um, go ahead mm-hmm. and share that, um, that well, thanks, link. Thanks, Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, for you know people that are interested, I if you go on my website, you'll kind of find all these links. I have a I have my own uh, YouTube and podcast channel, and I hope you'll come on on mine uh, sometime soon. Thank you. Yeah, um, and uh, it's it's called Intuitive Journey with Desiree. Both the same name on uh, YouTube or podcast. On YouTube, it's it's a playlist under my main channel, which is Desiree Holmes Sharini. Um, I also have a Desiree Sharini, which I probably I just make private because that's just my like me noodling around on the piano or weird stuff. So, <laughs> so Desiree Home Sharini, Desiree Home Sharini is is my professional one where you'll find Intuitive Journey with Desiree. Um, but on my um, website, I have one that's Intuitive Journey with Desiree. My name is D E S I R E E. And um, you can go there, and it also has a redirect, if you click on it, that takes you to my hypnosis page, which is transhypnotherapy.com, trans for transpersonal, um, transformative, whatever you want it to be. Um, But I think Intuitive Journey with Desiree is probably easiest to remember. I have links there for my book, links there for any classes I'm teaching. um, And if you sign up uh, on my contact list, then... You will get my very irregular emails. I don't send them out very often to let you know if I'm speaking or teaching a class or doing a free tarot day or, or something fun like that. So, uh, and if also you should get an email back with a link to a free MP3 hypnosis recording to use at home for building your own personal intuition. Oh, that is fantastic. So intuitivejourneywithdesiree.com is the link if you scroll all the way down. You can join her um, Desiree's mailing list and get that free MP3. And I just went on YouTube and searched for Desiree Holmes Srini, and I found you. So I just subscribed. Yay, good. It wasn't uh, too hard. <laughs> Thank no, you. No, not at all. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I, I you know, so this has been a fantastic conversation, Desiree. It's it's so refreshing and wonderful to speak to someone uh, who's in the same third as I am in the population. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I think I think the biggest point is that you know you are a doctor. I'm a hypnotherapist, life coach. Our and we don't, what's our motivation? Like I keep saying, if you think of the motivation, what is the motivation? When you have someone out there sharing information on natural wellness, mental health, stress relief, following intuition, you know, it, it, we're just giving this to you not because we've got some big pharma company paying us to tell you that, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. consider the motivation wherever you're getting your information. Look where that information is coming from, who's paying for it, because I think you'll notice that the voices that are being silenced have just a motivation to share wellness, health, and happiness. Yeah, thank you for saying that, too, um, because, you know, um, the ones that are in that first third who, no matter what you say, they're going to believe whatever perspective mm-hmm. they are, and we want to just, you know, love them and honor their space and whatever they're going through, um, we'll look at mm-hmm. people like myself, you, Dr. McCullough, whoever, you know, and just say, oh, their motivation is to sell books. And then I'm thinking to myself, uh, have yeah. you ever written a book, and have you ever figured out exactly how much money you get on How the much book? you make, you yeah. You actually believe us, believe us, we are live not on a book. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so it's they have actually, this distorted it's a, view. Like a public service. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have yeah. this distorted view of, I'm like, okay, so if you were to like really compare apples to apples, so how many trillions of dollars are being made by the mm-hmm. V and how many non-trillions yeah. of dollars are being made by all these medical doctors who are losing their license, losing their your home, sometimes losing yeah. their life, you know, getting exactly. uh, scientists, getting uh, blackmailed and all this kind of stuff. Really, mm-hmm. you really think that, you know, selling a few books or uh, some supplements is anywhere close to the kind of money and power that is right. being sold to the public? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yeah, consider look at the source. You know, consider the motivation. Yeah, yeah that that is great advice. Yeah, um, yeah. So Desiree, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a delight, and um, I, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, our audience uh, is going to love it. And again, um, just check out uh, Desiree's uh, YouTube channel. There's links right on the website. So intuitivejourneywithdesiree.com. Get your free gift. And if you feel like, hey, she's one of my tribe and I would love to have life coaching or past life regression or, you know, hypnotherapy, then hit Desiree up and Mm -hmm. check it out. See if it's a fit to work with her one-on-one. Goodness knows I do not have room in my schedule to do a lot of one-on-ones these days. So I really appreciate the professionals like yourself that that do. So um, thank you, Desiree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Karen. I really enjoyed talking to you. It's refreshing. (laughs) Mm, same here my pleasure and thanks everyone for listening in until next time lots of love